0: We got the alternative energy right. we kill our free autonomy we
1: and well, welcome we to-, to the radioactive show produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the community radio network Hello and welcome I'm KA This week's rad show has been recorded and produced on the unceded lands of the Whadjuk Noongar, or better known as Perth for 3CR Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the community radio network On this week's show, I speak with long-time activist, past radioactive show presenter and the Ban Uranium Mining Permanently Group spokesperson, Bilbo Taylor. We talk about the campaign in the West to stop uranium mining, especially in light of the recent Elyria approval by the Federal Environment Minister, Melissa Price.
0: Hi, I'm Bilbo Taylor from uh, Ban Uranium Mining Permanently of Western Australia.
2: Thanks, Bilbo, for joining the Radioactive Show, a show that you are quite familiar with and quite well known for. Being the Bump spokesperson, how are people feeling in Western Australia?
0: I mean, people are a bit devastated that uh, Louisa Price went against her own words to say that she wouldn't, you know, approve Eulary Uranium Mine um, before the decision of the, the uh, appeal in the court that Jewel, some and uh, some native title holders and the uh, Conservation Council WA during So she she said publicly that they would not make a decision on the mine uh until the outcome of that court case was known which is not known because the court case hasn't come back and then literally on the eve of the calling of the election she's turned around and and uh approved the mine going against her word uh it's not surprising i don't think people are surprised by that we had that very very similar situation during the last state elections, if the previous Liberal government's environment minister for the state approving the mine just mm. before the election, just like they did with the row eight over here. So it's a pretty common thing for Liberal governments to be doing, uh, unfortunately. So and I don't think people are surprised. People are a bit gutted and are really a bit disheartened by the situation. Uh, but also, you know, we're ready to keep fighting it as well. So mm. we... We knew that you know it's a hard, it's an uphill battle to get anything sort of you know environmentally like this and, and, and stopped. Um, so we're we're ready to fight.
2: Mm. And you well and truly know how to keep fighting. Um, I was listening to last week's uh, radioactive show where Dave Sweeney from ACF, the nuclear free campaigner, um, said you know the nuclear free movement in Australia is enormously. Uh, Resilient and enormously successful, and we're used to contest, and we're used to hostile companies and hostile media, and we're used to hostile governments. In that, we have had some great successes and stopped, you know, bad plans to build waste dumps and defeated domestic nuclear power, and we've stopped uranium mines in Kakadu, Queensland, and Western Australia. You have been a fighter for a long time, Uh, Bilbo. Can you? Give us what what sort of keeps you fighting? What keeps you going? <laughs> good question. It's not, always, <laughs> it's not
0: always easy, to be honest. Mm. And, you know, I've been at this for thirty four years or something. Um, uh, just my passion for in, uh, injustice, like, it's, and for the environment, and the passion to be a good ancestor. And I really, I think that's what it comes down to. It is like when you leave this, you know, mortal coil, are you going to to be remembered as a good ancestor or not? And what I mean by that is, like, you know, what have you contributed to the world? What have you contributed to future generations? Mm. Security. And in my opinion, to be a good ancestor, you need to be a custodian and a fighter for the earth and for the environment and for those people who are marginalized by these societies. And that's what keeps me going.
2: Mm. You
0: know, is that we, this, I feel a responsibility not only to, to the present now but also to the future generations and also nuclear free movement in Australia we work closely with Aboriginal people on the ground people from different communities across Australia and you know if we're not there to help amplify those voices I'm not saying that we speak on behalf of those people but we help those communities and they're, they're really friends and family for me now it's like uh you know working as a, an accomplice with those communities is something that I'm really passionate about mm. and it, unfortunately that doesn't translate to federal or state politics mm. <laughs> mm. You know you know yeah. mean, like us let's, let's let's call it, you know a state of state we we're, we're dealing with with governments that um not only have ministers who are in this very opaque system of re- revolving doors from you know, mining industries into Parliament, but we're also dealing with these shadow people behind these ministers, advisors and campaign coordinators and, and uh, press secretaries and stuff, who move in and out of uh, mining industry lobby groups and mining industries. I mean, Melissa Price herself comes from the mining industry. Like, that was her job. As a lawyer, I think before she became the, the um, environment minister. So mm. we need to, as a collective, as a, you know, people in Australia, understand that you know those decisions that you know get made don't get made in a vacuum, and that that you know <laughs> that space mm. is filled with people from the mining industry in the background, also in cabinet and as ministerial ministers who are making decisions, these very big, gigantic decisions that will, you know, cost future generations, such as, you know, uranium mining in WA or darning in Queensland or whatever, you know, mm. those decisions aren't being made in a vacuum. Those decisions are being made in a an environment that is filled with mining executives and people from the mining industry and lobby groups from the mining industry and big business talking to power in the halls of our, you know, elected governments. So for small groups like us and for Aboriginal people in particular, it's a very different different scenario when we're talking about, you know, land rights and sovereign rights and rights for humanity and the the earth to talk Mm -hmm. to that power. There's a really large power imbalance. So, you know, our voices are marginalized and the mining voices are and But business voices are amplified to mm. a deafening level at those levels of government, and that's what mm. you're fighting against.
2: You know? mm. And that,
0: What does that say about our democracy? It doesn't say a, a great deal about our democracy, but mm. it happens all over the world. And, you know, so we... It's hard not to be disheartened, but, you know, we are actually very good at winning as mm. well. Mm. And we don't win by... We don't win by talking to government you know, we have to always always be in there talking to a bit. We win by talking to people on the ground and we win mm-hmm. by talking to communities and we win by helping those people in those communities who are more directly affected, i.e. Aboriginal communities, to have a voice in the broader community. That's how we win.
2: Mm-hmm. And Bump has played a big role in the support of the three dual aunties that are on the the uh, Ilearing Court. Legal action at the moment at a state level, um, mm. no doubt. You know, there's talk of, like you said, CCWA looking, seeking into and reviewing a possible legal action at a federal level. Bump has played a, a big role in in supporting the aunties. Can you tell us a little bit about about how Bump's done that and how how you'll continue to do support uh, the communities?
0: Well, really, it's about being involved with. Those people in the communities, and it's not necessarily when you're campaigning on a level like this. You spend a lot of time not actively campaigning on the uranium issues, but actually supporting people in their day to day lives mm. uh, because, like, you know, it's I'm like, a, yeah, a white middle aged man. You know, I have all the privilege in this society. You know, I don't have a lot of money, but I have a, a privileged position as mm. opposed to the people who are uh, most directly you know, affected, like, say, Aunty Lizzie and Aunty Shirley or Aunty Ricky and that. Mm. They don't have that same status within the society, and they have a lot more on their plates than the average person would have to deal with in this society, mm. as ab- just as Aboriginal people. So Bump's role in that is supporting those communities and those people who are fighting in any way possible, whether that is you know, hosting people at your house for weeks on end or... You know, or providing information and encouragement and talking and keeping that dialogue between each other and going on country to visit and bringing people onto country to visit and learn about the issues on country at the place where it's happening, or you know mm. in all sorts of manners you know there is yeah. a, a a how do i put it it's not it's not like what people would imagine environmental campaigning is It's more mm. working with people as your family members and supporting them as your family members. And in that regards, you're you know trying to lift some of the weight off their shoulders, so that they their voices can be heard strong, and then you know hopefully stop this uranium mine, or stop all the uranium mines from going ahead in WA. Mm-hmm.
2: You're you have a lot of experience. What did you say? Thirty, forty years now. You're going on. And helping and supporting, yeah, the the traditional owners out on country that um, from South Australia, you've been you've you fought there for a long time together yeah. with um, the Arubana people, Uncle Kev,
0: and like Auntie, you two pretty Judah on the initial um, nuclear waste dump campaign. Mm. Yeah, but it's the same, and it's the same story as wherever you go around Australia which in, in regards to big business. You know, my gri- My biggest gripe is so why do Aboriginal people have to, you know, the First Nations, is, in my opinion, the sovereign people of Australia, why do they have to sell out their country or subscribe parts of their country to destruction essentially forever in order to have any sort of economic benefit? Mm, you know, yeah. We know, but it's no, not, that's not a, you know, that's why our people put in those positions and they put in those positions because it's a colonial system that doesn't value Aboriginal peoples, it doesn't value the environment. The only thing that it values is what they can extract from the environment for money. You know, mm, if I mm. hear one more government say, we're not going to action, you know, have action on uranium mining, we're not going to have action on coal mining, work because of sovereign risk, I am going to mm. explode. <laughs>
2: yeah, <for sure. laughs>
0: like, what does that say about our democracy when governments can just stand up and say, well, we're not going to, we're not, for example, going to abide by the EPA's decision on Euleria, which says, you know, it can't go ahead because in all likelihood it will create the extinction of many species of native animals and plants. Mm. When are we going to have a government that's going to, like, abide by that instead to turn around and say, well, we can't do anything, we can't intervene because of sovereign risk. We're too scared Mm. of a mining company suing the government, whether that be state or federal, for loss of future profits. Now, Mm. that is a... Terrible situation to be in if that's true. We know that that's not true, at least in Western Australia because the previous Liberal government had a lot of advice on that and that's not actually true. So it's basically pretty much a lie. And what does that say about our democracy if that is true so that governments can't make decisions for the benefit of the environment and the people of the country that it's in because of a threat from the mining industry to sue?
2: Mm, yeah. disgusting. It is and, you know, especially after the federal decision was made, you know, Cameco came out, um, you know, and said that they won't be mining unless the market conditions improve, mm. um, you know, and looking at the price even today, um, you know, there's news that the the uranium price is still falling. I think, you know, you see these approvals and processes going through, but re- the reality of um, this industry, it's actually crashing. All around us.
0: yeah it's that that's the reality, and it doesn't you know they have these heroic projections
2: mm.
0: which is great for their um you know shareholder meetings, I guess yeah but it's but but they are very heroic projections mm. that that mm. you know I don't see coming to fruition, but that's also a shitty situation for us as campaigners because it allows governments. Do not uphold their promises of no yeah. uranium mining or banning uranium mining or cancelling projects that haven't have not don't have final approvals which this state government in WA, the Labor government here, that was their policy and they could have stopped uranium mining yeah. as soon as they got into government. But mm. because, you know, the, it's unlikely that any of these mines could get off the ground economically um, it gives a sort of get-out-of-jail-free card for governments to say, well, we're not going to do anything because the industry's going to eat itself.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: But in the meantime, that puts a lot of pressure on uh, Aboriginal people and campaigners. It takes a lot of time out of people's lives and puts a lot of stress on people and communities to keep fighting for another 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years
2: mm-hmm. like that
0: it's an obscene thing to do to people,
2: and it yeah. you
0: know, has to stop.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: A song by Mark Gleason from the Northern Goldfields. His song "Red Dirt, Blue Skies" from the album West Australia Music Demos from the Northern Goldfields. It was a community recording compilation project in Leonora and Laverton, and this is the area where two of the four proposed uranium mines in WA are located. You're listening to the Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm KA. And I'm talking with Bilbo Taylor from the Ban Uranium Mining Permanently Group based in Perth. Bilbo has been an activist for over 30 years, fighting for the rights of traditional owners and has been a big part of the nuclear free movement here in Australia.
0: Just a thing I'd say to broadly, you know, people across the airwaves across Australia
2: Mm. that, you know,
0: don't uh, give up fighting. You've know, got a long way to go to resolve a lot of these issues, climate change and uranium mining and all that stuff. Don't ever give up fighting. It might be hard take some time out for yourself to recover, but don't ever give up fighting. And also, I want people to understand that the decision that the federal government and the state governments have just made on this one uranium mine actually could affect every other environmental approval in Australia. Basically, what they're making a decision on is is... Saying yes, it's okay. It's okay to ma- have a proposal or a mind go ahead that will guarantee make a number of species extinct. Mm. That is a big part of this campaign. It's like this decision is saying, yeah, it's okay. Business trumps, you know, business trumps uh, species. Business trumps biodiversity. You know, that's what the decision. The, the, the yeah. decision is.
2: Business trumps traditional owners
0: out on country. That's right. Business trumps everything, even if that mine, according to the WAEPA, in all likelihood, will make a number of species of of animals and plants extinct. Mm. That is a dangerous decision that everyone in Australia that's campaigning on human rights and environment issues needs to be aware of. And it would be great if some more people could get behind this campaign and um, understand that we can't allow this... Go through unchallenged because of that very thing, because you'll be staring down the barrel of the gun of this very this sort of form of decision making and legislation one day.
2: And that really is the, at a state level, and at a, and now at a federal level is that ministers, if it's allowed to go through, and if we don't contest it and challenge it, are allowed to whatever project it is in at a state level here in Western Australia, but even. More importantly, now at a national level, federal level, that minister, the environment minister, can sign off on extinction on any project. It doesn't have to be uranium. It could be forest logging, mining. Yep. you? Know, and this is this will set a precedent of knowingly causing extinction when we have a huge rate of extinction, Australia. So, no, that was the thing.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. We just had that report out from the United Nations that we're facing, like, you know, a, a, an extinction level event on a global scale. Mm. Already, we're going to lose so much biodiversity if we don't do anything about climate change, etc., etc., etc. And this is just part of that game. Mm. You know, nuclear is mm. not a solution to climate change. They keep pushing that and pushing that, but. You know, we need to be real about our future and our children's futures and children's 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 futures. As Mm. I said, be a good ancestor and do the work today to stop it.
1: Thanks, Bilbo. No worries. That was Bilbo Taylor from the Ban Uranium Mining Permanently group in Perth and they've been long-time activists trying to stop uranium mining in Western Australia. The nuclear-free campaign in Western Australia is really busy at the moment. We have four uranium mines that are currently being contested and challenged at every opportunity, Kintyre, Mulgarock, Waluna, and Yaliri. The Kintyre proposal to construct and operate an open-cut uranium mine approximately 270 kilometres northeast of Newman by proponent Cameco has been met with strong community resistance for decades. In 2016, Cameco wrote off the entire value of the Kintyre project. The environmental approval for Kintyre expires in 2020. The campaign is currently lobbying lobbying the government not to renew or extend any environmental approvals. So we believe this is a really good opportunity for the Labor government in Western Australia to commit to their no uranium mine policy and not renew or extend any environmental approvals. The Mulga Rock project site is entirely inside the Yellow Sand Plain priority ecological community and is upstream from the Queen Victoria Springs A-Class Nature Reserve outside of Kalgoorlie. The area is listed as pristine with no weeds or feral animals and is home to rare and endangered species including the Sandhill dunart, the Marsupial Mole, Mulgara and the Rainbow Bee Eater. The project poses a serious long-term risk to the downstream A-Class Nature Reserve through radioactive tailing seepage. There are three fault lines that run through the project area close to the mine pit where the company intend to store long-lived radioactive mine waste tailings. There have been no studies or risk assessment of these fault lines becoming active in response to project disturbance. The company, Vimy Resources, has routinely denied or downplayed the connection of aboriginal people to the area. Despite this area being part of the Seven Sisters Songline, the company Vimy Resources, that Andrew Forrest, who has a large is the largest shareholder of this company, have failed to negotiate or consult with all traditional owners and they've denied the historical connection of the Spinifex people to this area. At Vimy's annual meeting in 2018, late in 2018, the company tried to block questions from shareholders who raised concerns about the subs- sustained low uranium price. The Australian Institute with CCWA, or Conservation Council of Western Australia, launched a critique of the company's economic analysis um, with a report that can be viewed at www ccwa.org.au forward slash WA In 2018, the company released a definitive feasibility study um, in which they indicated substantial changes to the project. In December 2018, the Conservation Council of WA referred these significant changes to the Environmental Protection Authority, the EPA, calling for the mine to undergo a new environmental assessment. The Environmental Minister, Stephen Dawson, will make the decision, or not, to reassess Vimy's Mulga Rock project. The Waluna uranium project is just 18 kilometres from the town of Waluna and expands over two lake systems of over 1,000 kilometres. The project includes four uranium deposits, Lakeway, Centipede, Millipede and Lake Maitland. The project would involve carting uranium ore from the different mine areas to a central processing facility near the centipede and millipede sites. and the project would produce up to 50 million tons of radioactive tailings that would be stored in mined out pits on the edge of Lakeway, in a floodplain and the drainage channel of a creek. The project is run by Toro Energy, and it's a small, unproven company that has insufficient financing to develop the project. So currently, we're just monitoring any movements with this proposed uranium project. At the company's annual meeting in 2018, the company directors explained that the uranium price would need to be north of about £55 to £65 um, to look at opening the mine, but would also be you know, reliant on exchange rates and willingness for utilities to, take the, to talk to new suppliers. Toro have begun exploring for gold and have not advanced any secondary approvals to mine uranium. For our national listeners, there's an excellent event coming up in Canberra organised by the Beyond Uranium campaign, Friday the 14th of June, 6pm, at the Food Co-op. Entry is by donation and Imagine a World Beyond Uranium with a stellar line-up of speakers, including Dr Sue Wareham from the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons, Alex White from Unions ACT, Dr Helen Caldercott former Green Senator Scott Ludlam and Dave Sweeney via Skype. Please support the Stop Uleary campaign and write a short letter or card of solidarity to the traditional owners. This will help energise and support traditional owners that have opposed the Uleary uranium mine for over 40 years. So we're asking people to send a letter or photograph a card of solidarity to traditional owners via email or mail and we'll make sure they receive your message you can email garlic at ccwa.org.au or you can mail via myself, K. A. garlic at ccwa at 2 Daly Street, West Perth, WA6005. And finally, we need your help to power our Radical Radio so that our team of committed volunteers can bring voices and information from the front lines of the nuclear, peace and energy campaigns to the airwaves. Any donation, big or small, is greatly received. The Radioactive Show team is so proud to be a part of 3CR Community Radio. We love to bring our listeners nuclear-free news from across Australia and around the world and couldn't do it without your generous support. So thanks so much for your ongoing support and we hope you can donate and you can do that via our link on Facebook, go to The Radioactive Show Call 3CR on zero three nine four one nine eight three seven seven, And that's it for this week's Rad Show. Radioactive Show is on Facebook and past episodes and podcasts are available on the 3CR website. Go to www.3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at radioactive.3cr at com. This radioactive show was produced with the support of the Friends of the Earth Nuclear Free Campaign on the Stolen Lands of the Ghana People for 3CR. It's broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening and tune in next week for more news, views on nuclear peace and energy issues.